Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. the kingdom mandate join us each saturday as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the kingdom of god according to his sovereign will for mankind to remain in his covenant order get your clarion call and follow us on blog talk radio kingdom empowerment inc Donna Ganny, and I'm joined here with co-host Minister Belinda McKenzie, and we're supposed to be joined also as well with Minister Spencer Tyler, and we are here to share an inspiring message out of the Word of God, reflecting on God's sovereign will for men and women throughout the whole world. Now, this topic is going to be about strange women of the Holy Bible, and we're going to talk about Jochebed and Miriam. And if you want to learn about the other um, strange women of the Bible series, you can go to our uh, KEITV12 playlist on Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. um, YouTube channel. Or you can listen in on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. And just do a search for our archive messages on Strange Women of the Bible series, and you'll be able to go back and listen to uh, topics like Ruth. Uh, We also have uh, talked about um, Rebecca and many other women of the Bible prior to Miriam and Jochebed. So you can go back and listen there, and you can also follow us on www.keifm.com to learn more about uh, our other programs that we have and that we share. And we also are on Facebook at uh, Facebook dot com forward slash Kingdom Empowerment Inc. and with our Kingdom Empowerment 
magazine page there so you can uh, follow us and stay informed about all of the different programs that we have available. Well, welcome to the uh, Kingdom Mandate, Minister Belinda McKenzie. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so we're going to get started here today. And our first uh, point we're going to touch on uh, the mother of Moses, which is Jochebed, or Jochebed in the, in the Hebrew, um, the current modern-day Hebrew. Um, Minister Belinda, would you like to open us in prayer before we get so started? Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come before your throne room, God. Lord, we ask you, God, let your wisdom and your knowledge prevail, God. We ask, God, that everybody that's hearing, God, that their eyes of understanding be enlightened, God, that they can comprehend, God, and get an understanding of your word, Father, and benefit from it, God. We ask you in Jesus' name, Lord, that all the words that we speak, God, will be a clarity for them. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for all things, and God, we Ask that you be in the midst of us, God, in Jesus' holy name, and we call it done. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Thank you so much for the prayer, and uh, we both agree in Jesus' name. Um, I want to come first and tell a little bit about Jochebed before we go into the word of God. We're going to be coming out of Exodus 2. We're going to look at how... Uh, the mother of Moses, how she played a role in the, the coming of the deliverance of the children of Israel at a later time. Now, Jochebed was born around uh, 1,523 years before Christian era, before the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. She was the daughter of Levi, who Levi was one of the sons of Jacob. And Levi's, uh, you know, his children were one of those um, group of people who remained in Goshen. They didn't necessarily go down um, into the the plains of Egypt, but um, somehow Jochebed ended up there with Amron, who was her husband. So we know that Jochebed also had Miriam and Aaron. And she was one of the uh, one of the seventy original members of Jacob's household that immigrated to Egypt. So the um, she her midwife was uh, Shefra, and who she was a midwife in Egypt, and to so she played a role with uh, her daughter Miriam in helping to define. Mo- Pharaoh's orders to kill all of the Israelites' babies. And so, um, you know, this is where she comes in and she sends Moses down the Nile River by himself in a basket. And she's sending him to uh, down the stream, and he ends up in the arms of Pharaoh's daughter. So let's read. I'm going to read out of Exodus, Exodus 2 first, and we're going to start there and talk about the role of Jochebed. So in Exodus 2, verse 1, I'm reading, And there went a man out of the house of Levi and took to wife 
a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took him for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw uh, the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew woman, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him into Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, or in Hebrew, uh, modern-day Hebrew, Moshe. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out into his brethren and looked at their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he took he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to him that uh, did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me, and thou killed as thou killed the, the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priests of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the trolls to the water, their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they saw rule, Raul, their father, he said, How is it that ye are come so soon to today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and also drew water enough for us and watered the flock. And he said unto his daughters, And where is he, and why is it that ye have left the man? Call him, that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter. 
And she bare him a son, and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. And it it came to pass in uh, the process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of bondage, and they cried. And their cry came up to up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Now, I'm reading through this because we're going to eventually run into Miriam a little bit more, so I want to get the full story in of what's going on here. So, Minister Belinda, let's look back at this role that Jochebed played um, in this keeping the child Moses alive because we know that Pharaoh wanted to kill these young babies and um, uh, destroy these male babies before because he knew that a deliverer was coming out of this uh, Jacob's children out of Israel. So what would you like to say as the Lord uh, leads you about this uh, Jochebed and her role in And Miriam okay. as well. Miriam played a role too. Mhm. Uh, um. You go ahead first, cause I I've got to grasp something. Okay. So I'm looking at this, and I'm saying that this mother made sure she, because it says that she made an ark. So she must have understood in order to make sure that this baby was going to live, she made this, she just didn't put him in any kind of basket. She made sure she put a, uh, a made this like on an ark, because it specifically says ark there, um, which means she must have had some knowledge of the, uh, the building of the ark at the time of Noah, to know that if she's going to put this child off in there, it must be one that's going to last, through waves that's going to last, uh, through depth it's going to uh, last and carry this child into a, a direction that's going to benefit the child, which would have been Moses at that time. What What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, when I, when they said that she had built that, uh, she must have sensed, you know, when they said they were going to kill, she protected her child. She didn't uh, walk in fear. She just knew that she wasn't going to let them kill her child, so she prepared something that would be safe for him, you know, to keep him safe, and she hit him. And then she turned around and uh, had it, you know, put him in the water, near the water. And so, so, I mean, there was preparation. And like you said, when you said art, and I said, well, Lord, did, did that symbolize, you know, when God would, and have the art made that they would be in a safety and a covenant from destruction. And so was Moses. And then again, when he killed that Egyptian, God, and he was, you know, Pharaoh wanted to kill him. Again, God made a way for him. So he was protected twice. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, all the way. Um, 
protecting, and it's like it was God had it so programmed and to the point that Miriam, you know, with Miriam following uh, the child and then the maid of Pharaoh's daughter returning the child to the mother's arm, and not only is she breastfeeding him, but she's getting paid to breastfeed her own child, and yeah. and uh, the child is going to live. This this one male child, maybe mm-hmm. maybe more, but we know for sure that Moses was protected to live because he grew up in the, the home of Pharaoh later, and he, you know, that time that he was able to spend with his mom. And breastfeeding, I'm sure he was able to learn of the Hebrew customs mm-hmm. uh, from from the father as well, Amram. Amram. So, uh, you want to say something about that as well? Yeah, you know, it's amazing how God protected Moses, and then mm-hmm. turned around and had her his mother, the the handmaiden. And for her to spot the baby, Pharaoh's daughter, to spot them between those, you know, whatever they were, like uh, water weeds or whatever they call them back then, and to spot them, and then her mates her go, and then to bring him to his mother. I'm sure now these other boys were killed, so they had mm-hmm. other uh, 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 women that could uh, breastfeed them, you know, take care of them, but he, he was sent to his mother. Mm-hmm. You know, and he provides for her son to return, and she could love him, nurse him, and then, uh, like Donna was saying, teach him the things of the Hebrew children of his tradition. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of things could happen, but if we don't move in fear and get, she had to have the insight from God, you know, the spirit leading her to do it. Mm-hmm. And then, all of those events were not just uh, accidental. They were in the hand of God moving. Yeah. So, you know, just yeah. to, what I get is like, it's an example of something. And because every story in the Bible gives us an example of something. No matter, to me, when I read it a long time ago, it was like, Lord, you had your hand in this in the beginning. When this boy oh, yeah. was born. And that even though Pharaoh sent that uh, decree out, you protected him. You used his mother to protect him. You used that basket to hide him. And then you sent him right into Pharaoh's house, the one that wanted to kill him. He was raised up in their house, tradition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when he older, and he saw the injustice. He was saving his people, but being raised in the Egyptian way, but still had a connection to his people. You know, and that's almost symbolic too, because later when you look at Moses' uh, what God does with him, he sends him off to safety, but he comes back to to, to deliver God's people. <laughs> he saved one, and then came back, and it's it's amazing what God does. Amen, amen. It really is. It's like it was so uh, orchestrated, you know, so like from heaven that, you know, it's like he's right there up under your nose and and you're not even seeing it. And then, too, 
Pharaoh's daughter loved uh, Moses so much that, you know, (laughs) God put that love in her heart for him so that, you know, she was going to protect what now that she called her son Moses because she threw him out of the water. And and it was such a blessing. I just really love, again, the way that uh, he ended up in his mother's arms and then you know, from out of his same Pharaoh's same house, it wages uh-huh. are being paid to raise her own uh, sons. And uh, it's just a blessing. But, you know, one of the other things about Jochebed, again, she was from the tribe of Levi. And uh-huh. according to the history, um, it, is, it is said that a lot of the Levites did not end up in that slavery and that bondage because they went into Goshen. They they uh, kept their homage to God. They kept their relationship uh, with God. They didn't travel off into that, and we can see that in uh, uh, some uh, you know other scriptures in the Word of God. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. we're talking about Jochebed today, but we one of these days maybe we will take a look at that. But uh, you know. It, so she came from the tribe of the Levites, yes. and by doing by by doing so, what God did is He He also orchestrated it in such a way that here uh, these two sons, um, Moses and Aaron, played a major role through the yes. Exodus. But again, they came from Jochebed and Amram. Um, yes. I believe we have Sister. Uh, Spencer here with us as well. Uh, Sister Spencer, do you have any insights you would like to share at this time? Okay. All right. We'll continue on. Oh, I want to say something else. And the fact that she wasn't deceived. You know, Mm -hmm. she didn't know the boy was an Israelite. She knew. Mm Mm-hmm. And she knew it was under her class, you know, right. and that they were slaves. But yet she she knew that, I'm sure she knew uh, Pharaoh was sending an order out to kill him. Mm-hmm. So she, mm-hmm. she boy, was an Israelite and took him. That's amazing, too. Yeah. Yeah, really, it really is. It really is. And, and you know, the other thing about this, uh, Minister Belinda, look how Miriam, Miriam followed this child down mm-hmm. the river to make sure he was going to be okay. So this yes. is how much I loved her brother, uh, mm-hmm. Moses. She must have loved the child. And, and Jochebed saw him, it says, and, and two, it says, and the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was goodly, she hid mm-hmm. him. Three months. She hid yeah. the child three months without peril and none of his people knowing that this child was there. Now, can you imagine a person having a child? You know, you're you're a woman and I'm a woman. And, and let's think about this. Um, the child is going to cry. The uh-huh. child is going to, uh, you, you know, the woman is going to have weakness and, and, you know, how her stomach is going to pooch out and, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many things that is going to make it visible that this woman should have had a child. But uh-huh. nevertheless, 
<clears throat> and not only that, you know, the mid midwives also played a role in uh, help, according to the history, helping uh, this child not being killed because they, the midwives were the ones ordered that any, every male child to come out was to be mm-hmm. killed. And, but, and the fact that she hit him for three months, prior, that wasn't even when the order was sent out. She hit him mm-hmm. for three months. Why mm-hmm. did she do that? You know what I'm saying? You can't say that God wasn't an instrument in it. Mm-hmm. She hit him for months, so nobody knew the baby exists. And then they sent the order out. So she hides him again in a basket. Uh-uh. Because being a, being a slave, you know, naturally being a slave, you have the woman's going to have to get out there and, and do her slave chores. And, mm-hmm. and so... It's not like she's going to be, she has to have been a very strong woman, you know, if you think yeah. about it. Because a woman is, you know, after having a baby, you still have to get out there and do your chores. And this child, you have to still care for this child. And you you understand what I'm saying? So this, let's look at it from a slave uh, picture, uh, you know. So look at how she was able to still hide this child this because before they would have been probably carrying the child up on their their back tied to their back because the mm-hmm. some of the customs you know to tie the child to your back and mm-hmm. and still continue working but but now uh this joker bag still was hiding this child how did she do mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you know there's another what about say three months she hid I said, Lord, did, does, did that come, did that habit that was passed down, because I did that with my children, a lot of people would tell you, you shouldn't take your child out for three months around the public. Wait till they're three months old. And I did mm-hmm. that with my children. Lord, did this was this a, because of the Bible, people, women, you know, back then, they read the Bible, passed that on, you know, don't take your children out early. Mm-hmm. But I, I just come to me because it was just on me not to do it. And I don't know if one of my elder women told me, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take them out in the public and around people until they were three months old. Well, I mean, you know, that, that is uh, common with a lot of uh, cultures. Uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, so much in the United States because in the United States it's like after six weeks, a lot of times mm-hmm. they want to go back to work and it separates you from the child because you can't very well, well take your child to work with you. But in other countries and other cultures, a lot of times they allow the mother to bring the child to work with them while they continue mm-hmm. to work. Then there's a place where the, the mother can uh, keep the child and then come back to the child when, when it's needed. Or sometimes mm-hmm. the child can be right there with the mother while they're working. But here, yeah. you know, in some cultures, it's not so. You have to, it's like there's a separation and a division at an early age. But now that we're coming to the stages of working at home, then we might be able to see it differently, where the mother mm-hmm. can take the child so mm-hmm. uh, and be able to work. But um, this this situation with uh Jochebed was still kind of different because it's not like she was a servant. She was a slave. And a slave, 
Yeah, a slave normally doesn't a slave doesn't get paid. A servant get paid, but a slave mm-hmm. doesn't get paid. You know, and and but she still had to make sure that she was able to hide her child through all of this. Yeah. Um, and then we see Moses uh, moves on into the Midianite area, and hopefully we'll be able to get to um, his new wife here uh, um, um, that he married in, in, in the next session. But uh, we want to move forward a little bit more and, and look at get to the where, you know, we look a little bit deeper into Miriam. But also in the history, I want to point this out about Jochebed. Uh, I learned that she lived 250 years. Uh, and, you know, Moses, supposedly she outlived uh, her Moses. So, so um, that's brought into the history. So I, I would have to verify that uh, and make sure, but that's what uh, the history is uh, said uh, by the Jewish or the Hebrew history. So uh, uh-huh. this this is uh, quite interesting. She has to have been a, a pretty strong woman, though, to be able to yeah. do that. And, um, and then we have, you know, uh, later on when, when it gets to the point of uh, Moses, Going back into uh, the area of Egypt uh, by the order of God, and mm-hmm. you know them coming out of Egypt, and then here he is faced with uh, <laughs> Miriam and Aaron being with him, and then there, there's some strange things that are going on as they are traveling through uh, toward the Promised Land. And mm-hmm. Miriam is making some decisions with Aaron. And, you know, Miriam is called a prophetess I in the word her. of God. Um, what are your thoughts about Miriam? Well, I mean, uh, she was a woman of God. And God used her. You know, and she was called a prophetess. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of times, because we're talking about women of the, uh, uh, women, strange women of the Bible. And I contemplated on that when you said strange women. And, and, but you know, God has no, uh, uh, bias. And he used women in the Bible. But a lot of religious people will kind of like X that out. But it's in there, you know. And a prophetess is a seer too, just like a prophet, but it's just a female version. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whom God calls, He qualifies, and He calls whoever He wants. But she played a part, you know, in 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 that Exodus. You know, her and Aaron, God chose them. Yes. He did, absolutely. Yes, he did. Well, you know, Miriam also felt like, I I believe that Miriam being the older sister Mm -hmm. also and having more knowledge probably about 
uh, who they should marry, the Hebrew tribe should marry, and who they shouldn't marry. Miriam was uh, a little bit challenged, you know, Moses about you know marrying the Ethiopian woman, and in Numbers Numbers twelve, if if you want to go. Well, I guess we could look at first. Let's let's look at the fact about her being um, a prophetess in in Exodus fifteen. Let's look at Exodus fifteen before we jump into numbers for Exodus fifteen. Okay. Let's okay. see what the Lord of God is saying because I just kind of pitched that out there. Let's uh, look at what the Word of God says. So I'm going to read, um, try to not read too much of it, but uh, so we can capture the most important parts of it. Okay, let's read from Exodus 15, verse 20. It says, And Miriam prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. So this is when they have crossed or crossing the Red Sea. They have made it across, and, you know, God uh, divided the Red Sea so that the Israelites could walk through and when the Egyptians pursued them in it, they were they were swallowed up by the water. So she mm-hmm. began to um, pro- prophesy and and sing uh, a song of rejoicing for what has happened. And mm-hmm. and so in twenty one, she says, and Miriam answered the the young ladies. The ladies that are following behind her, sing ye to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Mara for the water was bitter. So I'm going to stop right there because we're focusing on on Miriam again. But it's saying that Miriam, the prophetess, now all of the word of God is inspired by God. And Mm -hmm. she's rejoicing now because when she's singing, she's not, you know, some people would have said, about their brother, they would have said, oh, look at how the Lord is using my brother. But no, it says she's saying, ye to the Lord, for he has triumphed. She's glorifying Mm. God, you know. She's not uh, prideful that uh, the fact that it's her brother. She's not being prideful that it's it's Aaron. She's being prideful. She's being singing rejoices to the Lord for what he has done. Uh, what would you say about that? Because it lines up with God's word. God has all the glory, not man. Uh, Moses was just the instrument of God. He couldn't have done anything without God doing it through him. You know, the miracles came from God. He was just a vessel. Uh, him putting the staff up was led by the Spirit of God to do it. And God is the one that parted the sea. 
So God deserved all the glory. It was God that tri- gave the manna from heaven. You know, mm-hmm. all of those things were done by the power of God. Moses was just a human being, but he was a chosen vessel. Now, Aaron, they all are, but they are God's people. And he delivered them out of the hand of Pharaoh. So she praised God. Yeah, she praised God. God was the one that did it. And Miriam, you know, was witnessing to the what God had done for the people. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, one of, and one of the things is, is that's a sign about uh, a prophet uh, of God is they will always give glory to God. They're not going to give glory to themselves or to men. To, uh, a normal trait, a normal, normal characteristic, a normal, uh, how can I say it, um, norm of, of, of a prophetess in the spirit that they're going to give glory to God. They're not going to take glory for themselves. Nope. It's giving, you know, witness to God, not to man, because it has nothing to do with us. And that's the true spirit of a prophetess or a prophet has given honor to God and acknowledging that God is the one, not them. Amen. Amen. But now in this Numbers 12, she she begins to change, and I think it's her passion, like I was saying, for her brother, Mm -hmm. Um, her passion that she wants her brother to go the right direction. And so she kind of goes a little bit uh, based on the solar shroom here. I would mm-hmm. say, because our emotions begin to drive her. And it said, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman, whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses, that he, uh, had he not spoken also by us? The Lord heard it. And mm-hmm. the Lord heard and now the man Moses was very meek about, above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out ye thee unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. Now, one of the things, another thing about the uh, the prophet or the prophetess is that the Lord will speak directly to them. Mm-hmm. It's not go through. Uh, not saying that another prophet won't, won't will not speak to another prophet, but normally God Himself would speak directly to the prophet. And the Lord mm-hmm. in five said, and the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth, and he said, Hear now my words, if if there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in the, in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in the dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall be, be uh, shall he behold. Wherefore, 
Then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against him, and he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not uh, the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh he have how of is half consumed when he cometh out of the mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O Lord, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had been spit in her face, shall she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp count seven days, and after that let her be received again. And Miriam was shut out from the count seven days, and the people journeyed not till uh, Miriam was brought in again. And afterwards the people removed from Hazarus and pitched into the wilderness of Paran. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a whole uh, serious word right there. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, God wasn't playing for sure uh, mm-hmm. about the servant Moses, and it says that Moses was very meek above all the men of the land. And so I, I believe that, uh, again, I believe that they were stirred in their emotions based on uh, the Hebrew customs that they should not marry outside um, of their you know, on people, and he marries this Ethiopian woman. Uh, what would you What would you like to share about that at this time? <laughs> uh, when I read that, uh, when people told me about that, I laughed at Moses, that Ethiopian woman. The reason why I laughed is because people, how they, you know, God said not to, uh, um, like, to take on other people that were not, Hebrews because of their customs and their gods and stuff. It wasn't a like a racial thing, but man has tried to make it a racial thing. <laughs> and that's why I laugh. I said, God, you're not even in the racial stuff. But, uh, uh, you know, they, they, when they talked against Moses, you know, but they were really talking against God because God's the one that talked to Moses, you know, and called him. And when they say, well, uh, God talked to us too, you know. You have to watch what you say, you know. And then God put a, a, a judgment on it and put an alpha. And here's Moses. He didn't even get mad. He had compassion to pray for his sister, you know, and ask God to, you know, take it off. But, you know, sometimes God knows exactly how length of time we need to deal with something. And seven, you know, he put her out for seven days. He didn't just heal her right then. Maybe them seven days is what took Miriam to understand that God is something serious, that you should take God serious. So, uh, you know, I look at it like that, you know, that, and a lot mm-hmm. of times people say, oh, God is love, God is love. 
we're foolishly doing that without the comprehension or the dimension. God is not in one dimension. God, mm-hmm. this, those that he loves, he chastises. You know, yes. and he didn't line up her mouth and understand. You can't talk against what God has called. And you can't Absolutely. tell God that he made a mistake and uh, he should do it for you. That's flesh. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she had to stay out for seven days. He could have let it stay on her to, and it would have killed her. Mm-hmm. You know, but Moses mm-hmm. cried to God. And stuff. He didn't even answer Moses as far as the, you know, healer. He wanted her to heal, take a get, get it going that day. But uh, God don't always. That's another thing. God don't always answer our prayers, the, the prayers the way we want. Right, right. Well, and, he knew and, Mary. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm saying know, he, he knew uh-huh, her. What kind of she was. That it would take seven days for her to 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 get an understanding from God. Yeah, and you know, in uh, verse six, he said, and he said, "Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, mm-hmm. will make myself known unto him in a vision, and and will speak." Unto him in a dream. Okay. My servant Moses is not so. He not said, so. He who, who is faithful in all mine house. Yes. You know, and he yes. says, with him will I speak mouth to mouth. Yes. And Apparently. see, that's God. He made the difference. You know, when he, he called Moses, he called him the way he wanted. He said, I'm going to speak to him directly. I may speak to other prophets and prophetess in a dream and a vision. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 God's program, and he can do it however he wants to. And with Moses, he laid it out. With him, I will speak directly to him. So even now, today, you know, a person can be spoke to by God directly, and others have it in dreams and visions, or God speaks to them directly, and plus, Dreams and visions, but it's it, it's all important, you know. We get in that big eye. There ain't no big eyes. <laughs> it's only what God appoints. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of times, well, you know, a lot a lot of times people say, "Well, I, I hear from God too," you know, and you know they get a dream or they get a vision, mm-hmm. and they feel like that they're there, and and I I think that that's why it's so important to get the fullness of the word of God because a lot of times you we you have to really know what level that you're really operating on and uh, mm-hmm. what level the Lord has or place the Lord has you at because yeah. um, you can't just jump. I mean, you know, even with uh, King Saul and King David, mm-hmm. King Saul. King David was saying that touch not my anointed to do my prophets no harm, but he was referring to King Saul because he could have killed mm-hmm. King Saul when they were in the cave. And mm-hmm. he he just cut the tassel off to let him know he was there. Yeah. But then when he gets out, he says, 
He says, uh, touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm, because he knew that Saul was appointed by God, so God will have to be the one to take him out. He was not going Mm -hmm. to uh, touch that and play a role in it, because he had been out in the in in the field with the Lord enough to know that this is not no this is out of the order of God for me to do that so I'm not going to uh, engage in that he still had the level of honor where he was uh-huh. not going to tamper with uh, that person that God had put in place so yes. we see we see, we can see here that we we all need to take understanding when we're dealing in in prophetic levels, apostolic levels, evangelical levels, that we have to play it and be under the sovereign will of God and play our role that God has called and purposed us for and not to intervene in the other other roles unless the Lord tells us to. But it doesn't mean that we don't share the word of God as the mm-hmm. Lord gives it to us too, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I, I don't want to go out there jumping in everybody's business and saying, oh, you're a prophet and you no, know you're not a prophet, and I have no prophetic at all. Or I don't want to go jump out there and, and say, oh, you're an evangelist, and no, you're not an evangelist, and I, and mm-hmm. I'm, I don't have the uh, revelation from God because that, that's that's dangerous ground because eventually if if uh, the Lord begins to put his hand into it, it becomes a different story. And, and we don't want that to happen as Moses no. didn't want to happen with Miriam because he began to intercede for her immediately. He began right. to intercede, and that's the heart of, of, of a child of God. They will intercede for when, when God knows, when they know that God is getting ready to strike, they will intercede for for uh, individuals because they don't want that to happen. No, no meek or humble person of God wants to see uh, God strike anyone because you see Abraham was interceding for uh, uh, his nephew Lot, and and mm-hmm. and, you know, and that's that's. That's a child of God. They will always intercede mm-hmm. for someone because no, no child of God wants to see any harm come to anyone, um, mm-hmm. except for the principalities of wickedness. In Jesus' name, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> go you ahead, know, it, it takes such a a uh, David had such a discipline and a, a heart for God. That even though this man was persecuted, he was running all the time, having to live in caves, you know, constantly under the threat of Saul hurting him. And knowing he had not done anything for Saul to do that. But yet he knew, you know, even he, he maintained that order in his spirit realm because he knew that God had a order and God had his will. And he could not go against the will of God or his order. And, you know, not in his anger. He couldn't even allow his anger, if he had any, or how he felt, to touch Saul. Because he knew that God did not tell him to do that. And he could not touch God's anointing. And like you said, the only way you can do anything is God gives that order. You know, I think of when God sent those men into the uh, 
to the towns and told them to kill everything, spare mm-hmm. nothing. That's something God ordered, yeah. you know, and they to obey that order. But David knew, you know, no matter what Saul did, he could not touch him. God didn't tell him that, and he knew he could not touch God's anointed. He couldn't go past what God has set. And, and, and I mean, the children of God will suffer persecution and all manner of humiliation or whatever is done to them. And they, they people, they may seem weak or uh, 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 dogmats, you know. They're not. Yeah. It, it takes yeah. a lot of discipline. Because you know what God says. Don't return evil for evil. They are obedient unto the word of God and to God. Mm -hmm. And if you know God and his word, you will not do it. Absolutely will not because uh, we we all want to remain under the grace and the covenant of the Lord. We're not seeking to go past that. And yeah. just bidding his will, that's it. Just bidding his will as he give it to us to do. But now, yeah. amen, amen. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, this this thing with Miriam is it's a very interesting thing, you know, because she's pushed outside of the camp. And it's like, you know, in this case, though, it wasn't like she was being rejected. It wasn't like she was being shunned from the people, but oh, God had taken her outside of the camp. And, you know, here sometimes we have it where uh, people themselves are rejecting and shunning someone without the word of God. Uh, yes. What are your thoughts on that area? Well, that, that's that persecution. And you know, even like Dave, because in Psalms it, he he cries and he he's sorrowful in his heart and he calls out to God, you know, uh, in in that isolation that he had, you know, running and running and fearing for his life. But he he cried out to God to deliver him, you know. And those that are being shunned like that, all I can say to them is remember, every tear that you cry, God will honor. And turn to God and say, God, you keep me. You love me. You hold me. Because God said he is uh, 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 your fortress. He's your, your, your high tower. And he's your buckler. Because sometimes you're in a spiritual warfare. When people isolate you or, uh, or they withdraw their love from you to so that they can have control of you, turn to God. Take all of it to God, and God will honor you. He will strengthen you, he will encourage you, and he will keep you. He said, those that wait upon the Lord, they won't be ashamed. Because mm-hmm. something will happen. Just because you choose to follow God, it could be a church. Churches have done it, isolated people, because they're not going along, going along with the program that's not right. They're mm-hmm. going towards righteousness and justice according to the word of God. And mm-hmm. and sometimes that will cause you to have persecution. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely absolutely. We have to regardless of whenever 
the situation is, and even if we're moving by the word of God, we need to seek God to know mm-hmm. what his intention is in it. What does he want out of it before we do before we act in it? Because we can do more harm than any good. And, good. and that's what we consider is that we, we, we become um uh we begin to move by uh, precepts and laws of man instead of yeah. under the will of God. And and this is why prayer, uh, especially men and, and women of God and, and the prophetic, because we see the mistake that uh, Miriam made, even though the Bible called her a prophet, um, the Lord saw Moses on a different level from her prophetic mm-hmm. level. And it wasn't that he saw Moses, uh, you know, uh, on a prophetic level because he was speaking to him face-to-face, one-on-one. And I mean not directly face-to-face because it wasn't until uh, he was uh, the time when Moses became shown when he's up in, and I want to say around Exodus 33, and he was asking him to show him his uh, face. He wanted I want to see your face, you know, Lord. And uh, this is when he became shown. So we know that uh, he saw his backside then. But mm-hmm. what, so what my point is, is that he was getting up into the presence of the Lord, that, sh- mm-hmm. that uh, uh, you know, Shama uh, presence mm-hmm. of the Lord, to that glory uh, level. Mm-hmm where he was able to connect with God on a different level. And that means he, it says he was meek. He had some kind of purity with him, humbleness with him that allowed him to get that close. Because uh, before when the Israelites wanted to meet with God, they said, Moses, let us hear from God too. You know, they wanted Mm -hmm. to start past Moses. And uh, so God told them what to do. He said, Go and sanctify yourselves, and I will, re- I will what? I will reveal myself to you. And so when mm-hmm. he begins to reveal himself, it was too much for them because they wasn't still. Even after they went to sanctification, it was it, they wasn't sanctified enough. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. they couldn't. It wasn't like everybody could go behind the veil, and even the priests had to go through the process to get behind the veil. But Moses, on the other hand, he had a purity inside of him that allowed him to get closer to God without burning up or without mm-hmm. dropping and dying and the bells ringing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was just a different level. Um, what yeah. would you like to say there? Yeah. It, it takes that humility. It takes uh, you. You have to invest, investigate all of those men and women that walk that close with God. What was the characteristic of them? For one thing, God says He hates a proud, uh, a proud, proudness or or arrogance. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't. It, that you will not get close to God with that. You have to have humility, humbleness. You've got to, uh, there's so many things, the characteristics in here that God talks about. And that you mm-hmm. got to be sanctified. You know, mm-hmm. even, uh, was it Isaiah? I, I, I don't know who it was. When uh, he went before the Lord, the one that said that even, my, you know, his mouth wasn't holy. And he had to get a coal from the he- heavens. The angel got a coal, uh, a coal and put mm-hmm. his mouth. Purified. 
yeah. a pure pint. He acknowledged, you know. But uh, but you know the the thing about that too is that it wasn't until he got close to the presence of the Lord, closer yeah. in, you know, the, the relationship with God, that he realized he was he was uh, dirty. That he was he realized that there was something that was wrong with him. And yeah. like he realized, he said, oh, my mouth is, you know, filthy is basically what he was saying. Oh, my yeah. mouth is filthy. I've been speaking unclean words because he, yeah. he got closer to God. And he realized that, oh, I, he's doing things around with the people in the community that wasn't mm-hmm. right before God. And God, uh, you know, he began to see himself and and yeah. and realize that there's something that's wrong with him. And yeah. when he got closer to God, and that's what a lot of people fear is getting closer to God. A lot of times, the more we get to his word, there's going to be revelation brought forth to us to let us know that there are certain things about us that we need to clean up and purify. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you were yesterday, but we should be transforming daily to, to that born-again nature that Jesus Christ yeah. wants us to be in. Uh, yeah. Ahead. Yeah, because it's not, you know, when God does that, reveals it, it's not for your harm, it's for your good. Because he, he says, holy as he is holy. So he's saying it's a condition you've got to go through. He's not accepting our our filth. He's not a God that is like that. So we have to become in the image of God. And God will create us in the image of him. So there's a lot of things he's going to expose in you for your good. You know, and, and David had that humility. You know, when he, he, he acknowledged the things that he was wrong with him. You know, when he sinned, he acknowledged, he owned it. You know, so whatever state we're in, as we're going towards God, he's going to change us. Because we come, you know, we come born again, but there's a, a, a process, a cleansing of coming on the way of the flesh. Because mm-hmm. God does not operate in the flesh. The flesh mm-hmm. has to become holy. It's the spirit that, that takes over your flesh because that makes it where your flesh don't go out and do the things you used to do. Because God Absolutely. says separate. You know, he, why does he say separate from the unclean things? He said touch not the things that are dead and the unclean things. Well, I, I think we, you have to go ahead and break that down in the spiritual for to make it plain because um, it, it right now it sounds like on the physical level based on the scriptures no, that we've written now. But yeah. Yeah, it's things that are unclean according to God. You know, mm-hmm. what does God consider unclean? Fornication, lying, you know, all kinds of things God says is unclean and calls it an abomination. So you have to search out the spirit. It's not, we become, it's all done through the spirit. In order mm-hmm. to be born again, you to be born again of the spirit. He's not talking about be born again of flesh, going back yep. up in your mother's womb. You can't. You know, you can no wise enter the kingdom of heaven until you be born again. It, the kingdom of heaven is a spiritual thing. So anything mm-hmm. that God is saying in spiritually, exactly. what, is, what is death to us? Sin. And what are the sins that God says? You know, uh, like our mouths have to become clean. Our thoughts have to be, become clean. We have to let God kill 
kill the flesh in us spiritually. We're talking mm-hmm. about the things that flesh manifests. It's not like mm-hmm. killing your body, but it's killing the things that are spirit. Sin is a spirit thing. A demon, it's spirits. Thoughts that come yeah. to you. You know, it says sin, it, sin gives birth when you think the thoughts, then it manifests in your heart, and then you give birth to it. And the wages of sin is death. So when he says touch, touch not the uh, 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 dead, things that are dead or unclean, he's talking about things that will cause your soul to die. Mm-hmm. Spiritual thing. It's not a you know a flesh, but he says the works of the uh, uh, of sin are out of the flesh. Mm-hmm. And, and the spirit will quicken us. It will let us know that when we are in error or we're going down the wrong path to put us back yes. to the narrow path. And it will let us know when there's a stumbling block before us. Mm -hmm. And it will also remove those stumbling blocks as well. And and that's a blessing from the Lord because without that, we perish. We perish because anytime when we we stop repenting, uh, we we don't have any conviction. Something's wrong with us. Something is wrong. And and Uh we pray... Uh, we praying that the Lord will, uh, you know, restore the days of uh, the, our first love, the body of Christ, uh, right. to Him. We will allow that conviction to come in and not just accept everything that this world has to offer us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, because we, again, I'm talking to the body of Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> nobody comes back and say, "Where's the love? Where's the love?" Well. You know, I'm talking to the body of Christ, and this is the love of Christ that that we mm-hmm. do hope we turn to our first love, as He said in Revelation chapter two, that we will not perish with this world, that we will not perish oh. with this world, and that we will lose that lukewarmness, so He does not spew us out of His body, because He said in Revelation three that He wished that we would be cold or hot. Because if we are lukewarm, he will spit up, or he will vomit us out of his mouth. And to vomit out, be vomited out of the body of Christ is a serious matter. Be vomited, that's a rejection out of the body. Because, you know, when you get ready to vomit, your body mm-hmm. is rejecting something that is not pure in your body to keep you alive. Okay? Mm-hmm. So now... Yeah. Uh, he, his rejection out of his body, which keeps you alive, is is mm-hmm. dangerous to yeah. the body of Christ. And nobody can bring you back in if he spits you out. Okay? Yeah. That's God himself spewing you out because you chose to be lukewarm. Um, yeah. So we do have a caller on the line with us. I want to open up the lines to give you an opportunity to uh, share any insights, ask any questions. If you have any prayer requests uh, at this time, feel free to uh, do so. The lines are open. Amen. 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 Hello. This is Greg Hello. from Pennsylvania. Nice to have you, Greg. Uh, 
enjoying the message. And but uh, if you're praying, I would like prayer for. Uh, we have, have a Bible study at my parents' house, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm trying to get my brother. I'm trying to get my brother to come, and also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we do it every almost every night, but sometimes it's a little rough. You know, they're not really. Uh, it's not really a well seasoned group. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm trying to get my brother engaged, and that would be great uh, if mm-hmm. you could pray over that. Uh, we would love to pray over that because we all have loved ones out there that we're we're crying out to the Lord to bring them into the fold of the body of Christ. And I'd say this, that God said, if we lift them up, he'll draw all men unto him. So be an example to your brother and stuff. It's so much, not so much sometimes when a person doesn't know or the thing. God will give you the wisdom what to say and what not to say. And just lift them up in your life, you know. It's the, the light, the true light of Jesus that draws people. And just continue to pray. And we will pray, too, for your brother and for the uh be open to God to say, God, teach me. Teach me your wisdom. Give me your knowledge and your understanding. It's a powerful thing to have those three things, the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding of God's word. And see, that word is powerful. And when it's uh, enlightened by the power of God, it does the work. But we'll pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we enter into thy throne room boldly, God, but humbly before you. As heirs to your throne, God, we lift up the request that this gentleman said, Lord. We lift up this brother, God, that God, that your light will draw him to you, Lord, Father. We ask you, Lord, God, to give him dreams and with uh, dreams and understanding, God, and visions with understanding. That's what I mean. Lord, we pray, God, that he are my son, that he be cool shot. God, we pray for that prayer service, the prayer meeting, God, that you will draw them to you, God, and that there will be a great revelation that will come out of your word for them, God. God. We ask, God, that the power of the living God will move, Father. And, God, we know that thy word is powerful, Father. God. We ask you, God, I pray, Lord, for the gentleman too, God, to be encouraged, Father, in well-doing. Father, I ask that you strengthen him, God, and you keep giving him understanding and wisdom and knowledge, God. Give him dreams and visions, God, and give him understanding of those dreams and visions, God. I pray, God, that you will take him to higher heights and deeper depths, Lord, Father. For he has a desire to do the work that you called him to do, God. So we pray, God, in earnest, Lord, for all those things that your will will be done, God. Your will, and I pray, God, that your will will overtake his brother, God, that it will attach to him wherever he goes, God, that your will will be before him, behind him, and on the side of him, Lord. God, I pray, God, that he'll hear you calling him and beckoning him to you, Lord, Father. For, God, you are able to unlock that soul. God, I pray, Lord, Lord, that you will strengthen this gentleman's hands, God. I ask you, God, that as I see in the vision, God, 
you lifting his hand up, God, and telling him to hold on. And God steadfast his hand, God, that it will not be moved, God, that he'll keep that banner, God, up to you and say, I will proclaim the word of God. Strengthen him, God. Strengthen him from his head to his toe, God. And God opened that word to him in a deeper realm, God. Let his eyes of understanding be enlightened, God, even in a more precise and precision way. Let his ear, God, be developed in a keen sense to hear what thus says the Lord says. Diablo Sunday record on the Maquis and Diablo Hossai. And God, let him use that word, God, according to your will, God. Let him become skillful in your word, Father. Diablo Sunday record Shabbat Yaki in the name of Jesus, God. Diablo Sunday record Yeranamasian that record Shabbat Yaki in Jesus' holy name, Father. We pray, God, and we count it done. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, are you on there? Uh, I seen in in the vision when I was praying for you that the hand became like God wants it, like steel. That your hand is always lifted up to God, no matter what goes on. That you will have a a, a strong discernment to say, Lord, Thou art God in every situation, and trust in Him. Amen. And God, you know, he says that the Bible, the word of God is like a double-edged sword, cut. But the more skillful we become in this word, and we allow God to build us, you know, step by step, height by height, you know, in deepest depth. He said, from glory to glory, strength to strength. There are things in this word that brings power out of heaven, and it changes things. There's so many dimensions to God's word. And just pray that God will allow your eyes of understanding to be enlightened. Goodness. And I'm saying this from experience. You know, I started off not knowing nothing, but I was willing to be open to God. And I, and I, didn't, I didn't grow up with the word of God, but God taught me. You know, and he put, let me become skilled until I had weapons in my hands. And God taught me how to fight in the spirit and to use those weapons to give victory. Amen. And he put Thank a banner in my, in my hand and he said, Blunder, don't ever let that banner go down. You pray for me to strengthen you. And that's, that's the calling of God. I'm talking about whatever he's called you. It's for you to, to seek God what it is. And then say, Lord, let me grow in it. And let me grow in power because God gave us the power. Amen. And if you ain't got the Holy Ghost, be praying for it. Because that is a, that is a powerful thing. I didn't, know, I didn't know it. And when that minister told me, I went home and I prayed. He said, it's a gift from God. And I prayed. And God gave it to me in my home. And it was powerful. It, weighed, it moved in my stomach like living waters rushing. And came up and went through my, opened my mouth and tongues came out of my mouth. And I was not moving my mouth. God was. Amen. 
Amen. Bless the Lord. So we thank you again uh, for joining us, uh, Brother Greg, and we pray that you will come back again uh, next week as we continue on uh, the topic of the strange women of the Bible. Um, And also, too, please share with others and let them know that we're on here. And we have other programming as well on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment, slash Kingdom Empowerment Inc. And so um, looking at uh, where we are now, Minister Belinda, what we're going to do is we're going to spend some time praying for the body of Christ. Uh, okay. We'll, uh, you know, we, we the other day we were praying about uh, pestilence, disease, and sickness, Um stirring around throughout the whole world. So we want to be in prayer against that. And uh, I'm going to pray over that part, and I want you to pray for the leaders of the body of Christ directly afterwards, please. Okay. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace, and we ask, O Lord, that you would stay the hand of diseases, sickness, pestilence throughout this world against uh, coming against your children. We ask the Lord that you cover all of us with the blood of Jesus Christ, that it will not penetrate us in any way. Oh, Father, we ask the Lord that you also cover those in nursing homes that are not able to speak out and hospitals that are not able to speak out right now for themselves because they have become weak. I pray, O oh Lord, that the blood of Jesus Christ will be the, our covering throughout this whole world. And I pray, O oh Lord, that you would stay to hand and be a strong defense, a strong uh, uh, tower against the work of the enemy uh, that is planting those seeds against your children in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray, O oh Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that you will rebuke the devourer, the one that comes to uh, kill uh, the food supply, oh, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, let I ask that you be a flaming sword against it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray, oh, Lord, that, uh, Father, every area of this world where uh, there may be waterborne diseases, any type of thing that is coming against our water supply, to, to, to destroy your children, oh, Lord. Not, never let it get a, a hold of your children. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, oh, Father, we ask for a strong rebuke against the work of the enemy at this hour. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Belinda. Yes, yes. Father, I come in Jesus' name, Lord, humbly before you. God, praying for those that are in leadership. Lord, I pray for them, God. Lord, whatever their needs are, God, I pray that you will meet their needs. Lord, whatever doors that need to be open, God, open them. Whatever doors that need to be closed, God, that the enemy's trying to open, close it, God. And Father, I pray, Lord God, for those that are discouraged, God, that you will encourage them whether it's through a dream or vision, God, or through your word, Father. I pray for God, if any are are caught into sin and into bondage, I pray, God, and if they don't feel like they could tell anybody, God, that they'll go to you and that they'll be delivered out of those strongholds, God. I pray, Lord God, Father, that your people will grow, Lord Father, in, in their positions of leadership, God. You know what they need, God. I ask, God, that you meet it, Father. I pray that thy will, God, will be over their lives and that you will engulf them, God, 
with your presence, Father. I pray, God, that they will increase in wisdom, God. And, Father, I pray, God, that they will increase in understanding and knowledge, Father. I pray, God, that you will you will make them strong. Those that are, are weak will be strong, God. I pray for God, those that are my son, that he be Shandai, God, whether it's family issues in their lives, Lord. I pray, God, over their families, Lord, Father. I pray over their bodies, Lord Jesus. I pray over their minds, Father. I pray, God, that any form of bondage that be on them, will be, they will be delivered, God. God, I ask that you will give them the wisdom and knowledge what to take on and what not to take on, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, that they will grow in precision, God, knowing precisely and laying it in the manner that you would have them, God. Father, for you said, learn of my yoke, for I'm easy, God. Learn, Lord, let, Lord Jesus. Let them learn, God. Some have feel like they're overburdened, God. You can deliver them out, God. There's a way, Father. And I ask, God, that you will bring all the knowledge that they need, God. I lift up all of them, God. Everyone that's under that leadership, whatever the leadership is, God that you will be their stronghold, God. And I pray, God, that you will take them to deeper depths and higher heights, God. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you, God, I pray for those, Lord, that the tears are flowing, God, that they will honor their tears, God, they're before you in prayer, Lord God, Lord, seeking you and crying out to you, God. For the things that they seek, God. I pray, God, that you will give them answer and peace, God. Knowing that you are the author and the finisher of their faith, God. That you are the alpha and the omega. Bring into remembrance, God, the things that you've told us. Bring the visions forth, God. That those that have been waiting on, Lord God, for over 20 years, Lord Father, Bring forth the vision, and it's time, God, and let them not be discouraged, but hold on to the vision. Hold on to the promises that God has told them. Lord, I pray that they will prosper, God. And God, Lord, I bind up the enemy. God, if he's trying to stop their prosperity, I curse it in the name of Jesus. Every form of darkness that may be around them, I curse it by the power of the living God, Father. We send your word, God. We send a legion of warned angels to go forth, God, and to war for them, God. I ask that the mighty angels with the flaming swords, God, go forth, God. In the name of Jesus, God, wherever they are, whatever country they're in, God, let your word be pronounced, God. Let them see great miracles, great deliverances, God, coming from the true light, God. In the name of Jesus, Father, we pray. Lord, we believe all things because you said to believe it, God. And we pronounce your word over them, Lord. God, let them become more skillful in your word, God. Let their prayers become even more powerful, God. Move them in a place, God, that they can speak it according to your will, God, and it will happen, Lord Father. Put them on the high place, Lord God. 
and let them be established in that high place, Lord Jesus. And God, let them take that double-edged sword, God, and use it, God, skillfully, according to thy will, Father. For you said greater there is in us than in the world, God. Lord, let it manifest in such a powerful level, God. It's time for your people to walk, God, in that power, Lord. It's time for them to see, God, what you have promised them, Lord Jesus. And let it be so. You said you are a God that cannot lie, Lord Father. And you said that you are our Father. And what could an earthly father, a good earthly father, do more than you, God? No. Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Father. And those, God, that the prayers they pray, personal prayers, God. Those that may be waiting on spouses or husbands, God to help them in their ministry, God. Bring them forth, God, in the name of Jesus. Bring them forth, God. Lord, bless their ministries, God. Bless the ministry that you call them to, God. And let them give you the glory, God, Father. And let the plumber line be laid upon their houses, in their churches, God. And let it be the line upon the line, precept upon the precept, God. And let there be a burning God of the Holy Ghost to purify and, and, and magnify you, God. I ask God that in the name of Jesus, God, in Jesus' holy name, amen. We call it done, God. In Jesus' amen. name. Amen. Amen. And um, we're praying for the body of Christ now. Uh, Heavenly mm-hmm. Father, you know the burden of your children, and you yes. know what you have called us forth yes. to do. Oh, Father, yes. you have called your children to yes. be rulers and reign, have reign in this earth. You have called your children to be kings and priests in the earth, oh, Father. And I pray, oh, Lord, that you put a burden up in the heart of every man and every woman, every child of the kingdom of God to seek your face more and more in this hour for worship, uh, Father, to worship you and to be in covenant with you, oh, Father. We ask, oh, Lord, that you remove every obstacle that has been on our path, oh, Father. We ask, oh, Lord, that you remove every stumbling block that has been on our path, oh, God. And, oh, Father, we ask, oh, Lord, that you widen our territory without any pain or sorrow. And Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that you raise us up victoriously over the oppressor. Oh Father, you said our feet will be up on the mountain as we stand with our feet up on the mountain. Let our feet be like hind feet, that we will not slip, that we will not slumber, that we will not fall, O oh Father. And I pray, Lord, that as we were waiting upon you, that you would give us the ability to mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. Oh, God, without fainting. Oh, Father, we seek you and we, we desire you, oh, Father, to swell up in our belly, swell up in our minds, swell up in our spirit, oh, Lord, 
We ask that you have your way over our life, oh, Father, and we dedicate our children before you. We dedicate our belongings. We dedicate our homes, oh, God, that no catastrophic event shall overtake us, oh, God, in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, Father, we ask, oh, Lord, that you move out the four corners of this earth, oh, Lord, and make able to hold on Father.
ne mokon tabasa ne ye karamohosana that the devil yes, will not have the way his way over your children in this hour. Oh Father, yes. you said Bareka Bohosono that we will rule and that we will reign Father, this is this is your hour. This is your hour. For these children, God, that a hedge of protection be around them. I ask you, God, that you will give them a alarm system, and God, that they will hear it. You will shake their most inner being, God, and let them know when something is around them that is not okay. Lord, I ask, God, that you protect them in their homes while their parents are not there. I ask that, God, I ask that angels will be set, one angel will be set around these children, that they will follow them to and fro, God. I ask you, God, that, Lord, I curse any form of darkness that will try to come around these children. I curse trafficking spirit in the name of Jesus, you foul and unclean spirit. I curse any kind of uh, molestation spirit that will try to come around these children, God. Murdering spirits. Any spirit that is not of God will not enter around these children, God. But your power, your Holy Ghost fire will be around them, God. But God protecting them, keeping them. I ask God that you give these children visions and dreams. If there's something around them that they'll, you'll let them know through that vision and dream, God, and that they will remember it, God. God, I ask God, Lord God, I pray over all the children, God, that are missing, God. You know exactly where they are. If they are no longer living, God, let their family but they, they be able to shine the light to know where they are, God, their bodies, whatever. God, but I pray for God, those that take that you will release them, God. You are able, God. You can deliver them out, Father. You, if you delivered Paul and Silas out of that prison cell with an angel and an earthquake, God, you deliver them out and let them know that they have been delivered by the almighty God. The living God has set them free, Father. Diablo Sunday, I pray for all the families of missing children to be comforted, God. In Jesus' name, you give them, give them strength, God. Cover their minds, God, their hearts, Lord, Father. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray, God, for these children, Lord. Lord, you got to protect them, Lord Jesus. You got to keep and Lord, Lord, blind them to their enemies, God. Blind them to their enemies, God. Make it where the enemy cannot even see them. Put a fog around them, Lord Jesus. 
tied them, God. And God opened doors, a safe door that these children can go, Lord. Open doors for their parents that they can go to places that are safe and monitored, Lord. They cannot be in the street all the time, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord Father, I curse the, the spirit of gangs in the name of Jesus, God. Deliver these children out of these gangs, God. Let the For God, you are greater than the darkness. But I ask that the light of Jesus run through all of these areas where these children are, God. That your light will be around them, God. And I speak, God, your word over them. Lord, that your word will encamp about them, God, will manifest inside of these children, Lord, that you will put your spirit, God. I know you can, God. You can fill their vessels up with your word, God. In the name of Jesus, God, I'm asking for the power of the living God, Father, to begin to war against all these demonic forces that are coming against these children, Lord, Father. God, that you said you could shake the foundation of the earth. You can shake the waters, God. You're the God that made the waters and set them in their boundaries, God. Told the waters they cannot move. God, you can do all that. You created us, God. 